I was uh, thinking of a, a story, I may have even shared it here before, but it stands out in my mind, having to do with accepting um, people and their views and, and how they're different from ours, and especially how that issue this week has been on my mind and heart. It fits so well with uh, the lectionary and how things are uh, uh, going on. Get a little feedback there. There's a story about a man by the name of Joe. He was the head usher in a very large uh, Baptist church. It's based on a true story, by the way. And uh, the church was not a large one. Excuse me, it was not a large one, a, a, but a, a fairly full church every Sunday. And so Joe was the head usher, and he was an older man, and he wore a three-piece suit, and he followed the rules right to the letter of the law. One Sunday, the church was full as it uh, has typically been, and uh, this young man came in who was dressed very differently. He had long hair. Uh, his clothes were very informal. In fact, they weren't uh, very uh, good clothes. You could tell he didn't have a lot of money. And he'd come into the church and obviously was not familiar with its traditions and rituals and didn't sit to the back of the church like so many uh, newcomers to church do. He came right down to the front. Well, as it turns out, nobody moved over and gave him any place to sit next to them. And so he was kind of bewildered. He's in the center aisle of the church just before the chancel, and nobody moved. He looked over at them, and they looked back at him, but nobody moved. And so Joe came down the aisle, and he looked around, and he saw that nobody was moving, and here was this young man, and, and people were very curious about what Joe was going to do in his uh, tradition of being the head usher for many years in that church. They uh, were sure he might usher them out. They weren't 100% sure how Joe was going to react, but he was the leader. And so Joe looked around, and he looked around, and he saw that nobody was going to move, and he sat down next to him, right in the middle of the aisle of the church. So it's a story in a time of great change, and where trustees are considering inviting another group of folks even to come to our church, and some of you may be aware of Jordan's Crossing offering us. I don't know where we are with that, but uh, they're a different group of people, and they'll be showing up around our church from time to time. What's it like to, to have new people show up and, and not know who they are, and what are we going to be like as, as a receiving community? I remember in another church, long, narrow sanctuary. And during the summer, we had to rope off the last three pews. And my, one of my favorite people, uh, Mae Jacobs was her name, uh, came in and she had a place, and may, maybe you know some people, I notice most of you sit in the same pew. I don't think anybody was quite as tough as May, beautiful lady, uh, bookkeeper. And she saw that her pew was roped off and you know, no, he got most of the people to come forward. It's a pretty full church. But that place where the last three on both sides were empty, she looked at her pew, she looked at that rope, and she lifted up that rope, and she sat in her pew. <laughs> Nobody was going to remove her from her pew. Well, it's, it's interesting in this time of change to, to think about in-groups and out-groups, to think about hostilities that are going on and people not listening to each other and having strong views and you, there's the in-group, there's the out-group, there are those who sit in their pews and there are people who are strangers. How will we respond in time of great change? 
the, um, the gospel this morning is particularly helpful because there's a first per, uh, pericope where uh, the rules are changing. And Jesus is uh, obviously dealing with an issue that's been raised by the Pharisees. Your disciples, we noticed, don't wash their hands. There are the, the, the rules. There is the Torah. The, the, the rules are not only the Ten Commandments, but the, the established rules by which society functions. And those disciples evidently got caught. They didn't wash their hands before they ate their food. And so the issue has really come to a head. There is the in-group, and there is the wrong group. And your disciples uh, were eating dinner with unclean hands. And so issues arose, and Jesus responded and said, you know, it's not really, it's not really if you wash your hands or not. It's the, the essence of what's in your heart, uh, rather than the, the Torah, uh, the rules that are established and establishing the in-group and the wrong group. And clearly, uh, the disciples were not in the right group at that time. That was the first part of Matthew's interpretation of acceptance and, and rejection. The second part of the, the pericope is, is a little different. It has, it's peculiar. Matthew then has Jesus going to Tyre and Sidon, cities where the Canaanites live. And there was no love lost between Canaanites and Israelites. In fact, hatred would be a, strong, uh, a strongly suggested word. And still goes on in our understanding of that part of the world today. You know, the Jewish community and uh, the Palestinians are still hostile toward each other because that issue never, ever got resolved. The hostility of Esau and Jacob continues on generation after generation. And we pray that finally a cycle uh, will be broken a broken cycle of constant repetition of an in-group and the out-group, and this piece of property and that piece of property. And so here comes this Palestinian, excuse me, this Canaanite woman. And Jesus, you would think, would respond beautifully to her as he did to the Syrophoenician woman. But what does he do? He calls her essentially a dog. That is what they, the Israelites call the Canaanites. So this doesn't fit too well with our understanding of Jesus. His response is, you know, I have really come for the lost house of Israel, not for anyone else. And so this doesn't really necessarily fit with our understanding of Jesus. He is so accepting, typically. On the other hand, as you see Matthew's gospel moving along, maybe Matthew was hearing something of lesser importance moving toward the end of Matthew's gospel, where Jesus uh, is certainly seen as a savior of the world and called the disciples are called to go out into the entire world, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So is Matthew picking up only bits and pieces of Jesus' words? Or was this Canaanite woman bringing even to Jesus a new insight about Jesus' mission and ministry to the world? But we have to deal with the inconsistencies of our faith. Who was Jesus? What does he expect of us in this season of time and change? I was uh, mindful of a song from Carousel. Uh, there was a man with his head hung low. His heart had no place to go. I thought as I thanked all the stars in the sky, there but for you go I. Jesus represents mercy in a time of hostility. And this is what the Canaanite woman was pleading for, mercy. Can mercy be given 
in a time of great and strident change. And though we grieve over hostility and division, we grieve as those who have hope that there will be a change in our world. And so when we deal with all the, the input we're seeing on the news, it grieves our heart to hear of a woman killed in this demonstration in Charlottesville. Grieves our heart to see the hostility of the, the terrorists in Barcelona and in so many other places in the old world. Can this hostility ever end? But we have a Savior in whom there is hope, and we give up no uh, time of discouragement to those who would undo us. We believe that because of the risen Christ, there is reason to hope. So this conflict of tension, of hostility, of change, how do we respond? I was uh, mindful of one person who made a difference in terms of understanding some of this, Bob Leslie, the school uh, PSR School of Religion, uh, Pacific School of Religion in Berkeley. And he said, in every encounter, in every encounter we have with human beings, we have a choice to either leave them uplifted or diminished. In every encounter we have with human beings, we have a choice to leave them either uplifted or diminished. And so Jesus was talking about the rules, the Torah, the, the, the laws that we subscribe to. And he was talking about the evil or the goodness that is one's, in, one, in one's heart compared to the, the rules by which we're established by the community. There is the, the food which we eat. And then the, the, remember, the priests at this particular time were the public health educators. So the laws were good. They weren't bad laws. They were rules for the society to live by. Cleanliness was certainly a part of them. That's how the Jewish community stayed healthier in the, in the bubonic plague era. They washed their dishes and they washed their hands. They, cleanliness was an important rule. On the other hand, it could be so strict as to no longer be meaningful. And this is what has occurred during the time of, of Jesus' life. The rules had become so uh, minute, so specific, so uh, much definitive of life and overcome by the law that Jesus and his followers were having to compare the issue of mercy and grace to the issue of obedience to the law. Here you have on the one hand the Torah and you have the Lagos of God, the Word of God in Jesus. Jesus was saying that it's not the laws that we live by every day, washing your hands and eating certain kinds of foods, uh, uh, of issues of cleanliness. It is how we live out of our experiences of the human heart, how we relate to human beings who differ from us especially. It's not the food that we consume and is passed into the sewer uh, that is as important as what lies in the human heart. So we have the, the laws established, and then we have what Jesus says about accepting people uh, and traditions that are different from our own. What happens when their group differs from our group? What happens when people have strong feelings, and the, the culture in which we live seems to be moving more and more, that those who hold views different from my, mine are wrong. And we begin to say, you're not on my side. We begin to form enemies and prove other people wrong to prove ourselves right. 
And you notice that in what's going on today. There's, there's very little understanding of those who have views different from ours. Now, there are rules, and the rules are good. But sometimes we have to understand how grace and mercy trumps the rules. Well, what's in the human heart is what God desires in terms of justice. The tragedy uh, and the, the violence in Virginia and Charlottesville is so hard. Uh, racism has to be condemned in the harshest possible way. We know that. There is no healing uh, of that issue until we finally confront it head on. And when we dealt with it, it brought pain. The thing that was good news, and it's hard to call it good news, was the tears that came. I, ho I hope some of you saw some of the newscasts and the sincere uh, tears about the loss, not only of human life, but the tragedy of this kind of thing still occurring in our land, the divisions of hostility because of different races, and especially the hatred spewed by uh, white racism and supremacists. That kind of thinking is so appalling to our way of thinking today. Still, there is this need to try to understand and break the cycle of hostility in so many different ways. I saw the tears uh, of some newscasters that this kind of hostility still exists in our land and that there isn't some confrontation of the evil, that kind of language that divides us still. But the tears was where the hope is that we can change, that there is a future if we learn to try to understand those who are different from us. It's not the laws we live by. Laws change very little. It's what's in our heart in terms of how we accept people and try to understand who they are, even though they may be different from us or have different skin colors or different cultures or different traditions. How accepting are we of people? In every situation we have, every encounter we have with human beings, we can either leave them uplifted or diminished. And it can't be legislated. It's got to come from the human heart. Jesus made a difference. We pray for uh, those laws that will work to make a difference in our world. Retribution. Can the cycles of hostility be broken? Ultimately, evil that rules in the human heart has to be exercised. The encounter Jesus has with this Canaanite woman is really intriguing. You know, the, how could a Canaanite woman confront Jesus with something he didn't appear to know? That's the first thing that comes to our reading. But you know, oftentimes, the enemy of Israel expressed God's will. Remember the story of Jonah, where Jonah was called to go to Nineveh and call those people to repent? And the Ninevites repented. But Jonah was really angry. He was angry that he was successful in getting them to repent. And remember, he went and he hid underneath this plant that provided him shade, and he was angry that the plant died uh, because of the heat. And the final part of that story was so clear, that Jonah was successful, that the Ninevites, this, this great city of people, angry typically at the Israelites, and that was the essence of the story of a uh, a story of Jonah, the people repented. He was successful, but Jonah never wanted it that way. So the message is that frequently even those who are the enemies of God bring out a truth 
that you wouldn't expect. And so the Canaanite woman, who would typically be hated by the Israelite, is the one who confronts the hostility. And she says, but even the dogs get the crumbs under the master's table after Jesus had called her a dog and reminded him that the compassion that God calls us to extends beyond those who think exactly like we do, those who agree with the rules we establish, even though they may be different and our histories are different, we're called to understand them as human beings and love them as Christ loved the world. So the Canaanite woman confronts Jesus, but did Jesus have it set up? Well, maybe he did. He knew that he was, he went to Tyre and Sidon where all the folks where Canaanites lived to begin with. So Matthew's interpretation of what's occurred in Jesus' life must have found Matthew scratching his head. Didn't Jesus say he came to the lost sheep of Israel? Or maybe there was something more in the way he said that that meant that there was a phase that Matthew understood Jesus to be in as he moved towards a changed life. Jesus nonetheless says, woman, your request is granted. Your daughter who has a demon is healed. Great is your faith. And so the boundaries are crossed. Can we cross the boundaries of hostility, of old angers, of racism, of injustice, of traditions, of people not sitting in the right pews, of our laws that divide us, simple laws? What's in our heart? We can't legislate morality. The church really is so important, especially in this time, to realize we are all sinners in need of God's mercy. Let the barriers of the past come down. Let us be bridge builders instead of wall builders. Let's not divide ourselves from the rest of the world. We need to be open to those who have different ideas and cultures and changes, different skin colors. We need to be mindful of what we hold to be true and honest and fair and just. Let us be instruments of God's peace. Division. Who's in? Who's out? Even, even with St. Paul, he was wondering what the coming of Christ, does that mean the Jewish community, his tradition, was no longer going to be acceptable? And then he says the answer, no, we are all Christians united in Christ in the old and the new, that is the Jewish world and the Christian world, are one. Can we break down the dividing walls of hostilities? Can we make a new difference in terms of the future going forward? Can we accept and even encourage people who are not quite the same as we are? Can we welcome them, and especially as we consider visitors here every Sunday, or maybe a, a the Jordan's Crossing folks uh, showing up from time to time, or even coming to rent the church building from us, strangers coming in from different parts of our community? Can we be welcoming? Can we see in them the child of God too? The walls can come tumbling down. In every encounter we have with human beings, we can either leave them uplifted or diminished. Which will we choose? What's in your heart? It's a sort of a takeoff in the Jennifer Garner. What's in your wallet? <laughs> I was thinking about that. What is in my heart? How do I treat people? How do I welcome them? And where is there something wrong in me that needs to be fixed? Jesus said, God's merciful. And we trust in that mercy going forward into a greater future than ever before. Let's pray together. Loving God, we stand at a crossroad. We grieve over the loss of life.
We grieve over the hostility of racism that still has power in, in the hands of small-minded people. We pray for peace in the way we understand those different from us and choose so frequently to confront them with hostility. Help us, Lord, to step back, to see the goodness in human people and to give them a chance. Help us to understand the mercy and grace of our God who calls us beyond justice with just words to a combination of justice, heartfelt acceptance and warmth and forgiveness. Lord, we are your instruments. Give us the challenge to be peacemakers in our world. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.